Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome everyone to an emergency episode of the NBA podcast. We have a big trade to discuss today. Eric Bledsoe is heading to the Milwaukee Bucks for Greg Monroe, a protected 2018 first round pick and a protected 2018 second round pick. So we will break down both sides of the trade, what it means for Bledsoe, Monroe, and all the other assorted players uh, on both sides. Before we get underway, Wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find all of our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. I've spent the evening painting our new storage unit, and it doesn't get any more exciting than that. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids' Kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. That is so adult of you. I'm very proud. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because while I was painting, I was kind of like looking at my life. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's not where I figured I'd be. But I guess this is the (laughs) thing to do when you're this age. Yeah. Yeah. But then you can hop on a podcast on a Tuesday and talk about Eric Bledsoe being traded. So it's not all bad. That's true. That's true. I'm still very young at heart. (laughs) Right, exactly. So I think let's start from the Milwaukee side of things because that's the more relevant, at least, for 2017-2018. How do you see Bledsoe fitting in with this Bucks core? Very well. I actually had a pretty weird idea. So the first thought, you know, with Bledsoe and Giannis teaming up is the pick and roll. Mm -hmm. But... Imagine Giannis as the ball handler and Bledsoe as the screener. Because Ooh. I know he's 6'1", yeah. but he's strong as a bull. Yeah. And, like, you could play some pick and pop with him. Like, in, in and the reason I got it got me thinking was because in Boston, they're kind of putting Kyrie in the post a little bit and mm. kicking it out to Horford for three. Mm. So that's kind of a reversal of how the, you know, small, big dynamic is. Mm-hmm. And I think with Giannis and... Bledsoe, that could work pretty pretty well. And here's the thing. People would say, oh, well, you know, you can just crowd the lane. 
well, people have been crowding Giannis all season long, hasn't stopped him yet. <laughs> right. Right. And now you're adding this bulldog of a point guard who can still shoot, who can facilitate, who can defend, and who can penetrate and get to the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck, defense. Yeah, I, right, exactly. I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with this because one of the big problems with Milwaukee so far this season is, you know, Giannis is playing at an otherworldly level. Malcolm Brogdon is actually playing pretty well too. And then Chris Middleton yep. has been spotty, but he's been at least a relatively steady source of consistent secondary offense. But aside oh, from those 40, guys... We haven't talked about yeah, the 43 yeah. points. I know, I know. Yeah, my my baby boy, my future all-star, Chris Middleton, had 43 yeah. points the other night. That was nice. But, like, <laughs> they've just kind of... You don't know where it's coming from. It's kind of similar to the dynamic we talked about last episode with the Pelicans outside of Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Like, they just didn't have enough guys who you could consistently count on for, for like, 15 points a night. Um Monroe has been sidelined for the past week with a calf injury, so that took away one of their consistent scorers. And then, you know, their their other front court guys, John Henson, Thon Maker, uh, good rebounders, good shot blockers, not really great sources of consistent offense. So getting a guy like Bledsoe, who is a nightly 20-point-per-game threat, I mean, that's just going to take so much off of Giannis's shoulders. I, I still personally expect Giannis to be the primary ball handler just because yep. I think that's what Jason Kidd, you know, he's seen that this works and this is how you really fully unlock his potential. But it, like what's which team is it a problem to add a secondary ball handler? Like everyone's always concerned about like the there's only one ball phenomenon, but it always ends up working out fine. Like it's it's only a a benefit to have more than one mm. guy who can be a playmaker, a scorer, set his teammates up. So I think even if Greek Freak is still the you know de facto point guard, Bledsoe will get his touches. Um, he shot 37% on catch and shoot threes last year. So when he's getting drive and kick opportunities from you know if Greek Freak drives to the basket, if Milton drives to the basket, kicks out to him. You know, he's not, like, viewed as a J.J. Redick, Kyle Korver sharpshooter, but, like, he can knock down an open three. That's not a concern yeah. of mine. Um, I, I do want to ask this, though. What do you think it means for Malcolm Brogdon? Because he's been playing really well to start the year, but do you think now once Bledsoe gets up to speed, he's going to the bench and Matthew Delavadova basically falls out of the rotation? No, I don't think Delavadova falls out of the rotation necessarily because I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these Bucks players weren't playing like a a high number of minutes. I could see mm-hmm. this as a sort of a spread the wealth uh, situation where you go a little bit spursy, mm-hmm. a lot of guys averaging twenty eight minutes and stuff like that. Brockton probably could, you know, end up on the bench, but I don't think that's a problem. Like he can play the one and the two, so having him come off the bench provides a lot of flexibility. I would even argue, because of his length, he can play some small forward as well. So he's kind of like this handyman, do-it-all type person who can come off the bench and do whatever you kind of need. Or it could be Tony Snell. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you, do you have any... I mean, 
they haven't said anything, obviously, because the trade hasn't even been completed yet. But if yeah. if you were Jason Kidd, would you keep Brogdon in the starting lineup and move Snell to the bench, or would you do the vice versa? Would you keep Snell in the starting lineup, move Brogdon to the bench? Well, because I followed Chicago for that long, I saw a lot of Tony Snell. Mm-hmm. And the thing with me was he was always very inconsistent, whether he was starting or coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee seems to have found a way to keep him consistent and productive. So I'm slightly afraid of, you know, tinkering with that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin whatever production he's actually begun giving them. And mm-hmm. if you move him to the bench, I'm just sort of hesitant that because if the old Snell shows up, you know, the unfocused, unmotivated Snell, oh, you know, I'm going to the bench, so I don't really know my role anymore. Uh, then, then yeah, it might screw things up. So just because of that, and because I'm just not ready to roll the dice on that yet, I'm gonna go with Brockton coming off the bench instead. Yeah, that's where the I. The question lean is too. when Parker comes back. Yeah, right. I know. So, right in theory, like let's assume Jabari is healthy. You know, comes back from the second ATL. ACL tear and is you know back mm. even not if he, if he's like the twenty point per game guy that he was before he went down but he's still a productive member of the rotation. Does that mean your starting five is Bledsoe, Middleton, Greek Freak, Parker, and then one of Henson or Maker, which we'll talk about shortly? Or do you just go all out craziness and start Giannis at the five? Oh, I mean, I'm hoping we get more of that regardless now that Monroe is gone. I feel like that's going to yeah. open up. Like, I think the bottom line here and what we're both kind of alluding to is that this trade just really gives Kid a lot more versatility in his lineup. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You can go small. You can do a Brogdon Bledsoe backcourt with Middleton at the three, Giannis at the four. You can go big, keep Snell in the starting lineup. I'm with you in thinking I would move Brogdon to the bench for now, keep Snell in the starting lineup, just because I have more faith in Brogdon being able to create his own offense yep. than Snell. And, you know, defense is a big consideration for Kidd and the Bucks. He's made that a huge emphasis for them. Uh, Snell's just longer. Um, and having that type of length with Snell, Middleton, and Greek Freak all in your starting lineup, that, that puts a huge strain on opponents. So, you know, I, I think that you'll keep the balance there. You're, you'll actually give your bench unit a little bit more scoring if you move Brogdon and you keep Snell in the starting lineup where he doesn't need to be, you know, an instant offense, like microwave guy off the bench. He can just knock mm-hmm. down a couple open threes and not really do much else because Eric Bledsoe... And Middleton and Greek Freak are going to take a lot of the touches in the starting lineup anyway. Um, I, I want to ask you more about, you know, Monroe was not starting, um, but he was a, a fixture off the bench. They really relied on him, especially in late game situations last year. You know, he he fell in and out of favor with Jason Kidd over the last couple of years, but like last year was a good year for him. He, Kidd actually started to like him again. So I don't want to downplay the loss of Monroe. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like they traded absolutely nothing to get this Eric Bledsoe twenty-point guy. Um, Monroe was a valuable piece to their puzzle, but now, you know, assuming that they don't just go all out like Giannis to the five 
uh, to start. Who do you think fits better with that starting lineup, Henson or Maker? Yeah, that's that's a good question because Thon obviously is the more talented player, especially offensively. He can shoot from the outside. He's actually pretty surprised, surprisingly good at creating off the dribble. Henson is more of a cleanup guy. But Henson is also older, more disciplined, probably a little bit better structured defensively. And since, as you alluded to, like that's a priority for Jason Kidd and, and company there. So just because of that, it would probably be Henson. But, you know, I mean, Thon, for my money, personally, because I just don't want to throw him out there with that lineup. I want him to get better as soon as possible. Yeah. I, I, so Thon did start the first seven games. Henson has replaced him in the starting lineup for the past right. two games. Um I think it really just comes down to where Milwaukee is as a team right now. And for that reason, I'm with you in thinking Henson stays in the starting lineup for the reasons you alluded to, you know, uh, just more experienced. Um, his, you know, Thon, I think like long-term Thon is going to be their starting center and they are super high on that kid, but he's just still needs to fill out his frame. Like he just doesn't have enough muscle to bang in the post for 30 plus minutes a game. Whereas Henson, you know, you're not going to get much scoring out of him, but he's at least a good rebounder, good shot blocker. Um, he's he hasn't been shooting that well from the floor this year, but he he usually is not going to take like he's not going to Javale McGee basically or old Javale McGee pre Golden yeah, State. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right, but uh, yeah, he's not going to take like some boneheaded shots. He knows his role. He knows right. his role is just to be rebounder, uh, shot blocker, good defense. Yeah. You know, not having to create a lot of offense for himself. Um, I have a feeling, just again going back to that experience, he probably is more comfortable not only you know playing good defense on his own and protecting the rim but like just calling out rotations and kind of being the floor general of the defense whereas Thon again it's like it takes young big guys a long time to learn most of the time which is fine right if you know if if the two teams were in if if you flipped where Milwaukee and Phoenix are and Phoenix was a playoff contender and Milwaukee was rebuilding then yeah hell yeah play Thon for 35 minutes a game but you know the fact that Milwaukee now looks like even more of a playoff contender than they already did. I think you just have to go with the veteran guy for now. And maybe, you know, later in the year, once Jabari comes back, maybe Thon's a little more comfortable. You can still play around with it. I'm not saying Thon should not get minutes at all. Like, I expect both of those guys to effectively split minutes at the five, but Mm. Henson probably plays, you know, closer to 28 to 30, whereas Thon is in like the 20 to 22 range. That sounds reasonable. That sounds very reasonable. I also like, you know, the fact that you threw in JaVale McGee there and then put it in contrast to Henson because we're going to see that up close come June. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm calling it. There we go. So that that was my next question. It In yeah. the wake of this Bledsoe trade, where does Milwaukee fit in the hierarchy of Eastern Conference playoff contenders? Remember we were talking about the Big Four? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, I agree. So you you think Milwaukee yeah. is now the best team in the East? I no, I well, not 
from a regular season perspective. Right now, they're four and five. They've disappointed over the last three. Yeah. But the thing is, so much of that offensive production has put in the hands of Giannis stri- strictly. Like, there has been, like I've, you know, the term that I'm using, they've Derek Rose him a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. And mm-hmm. with Chris Middleton having some issues offensively, like he's shooting 27% from free. Yeah. You, know, you just need that extra component. That's going to enter in right now. And given that Bledsoe is also an addition defensively because he's extremely athletic, he's very, very strong, he's really strong. Like You can't overstate how strong he is. There's a reason he's called mini LeBron. Like mm-hmm. the, His muscles has muscles. You know? Right, just, right. Yeah, uh, so, so that guy is going to come in and change the tune on both ends of the court. And the fact is, you gave up not a lot. I mean, yeah. look, Greg Monroe, I like Greg Monroe, but the guy played 16 minutes a game for him this year. Mm-hmm. You didn't give up much. And right. now you have a very set roster. You have Jabari coming back near the All-Star break, giving him a couple months to, like, you know, soon himself into the season. Come playoff time, yes, then I think they will be the best team in the East. I really, I mean, I'm, like... I'm very inclined to agree with you on that. It, it feels weird, and I, I'm with you in that they're not going to have the best record in the East. It looks like, I mean, side note, just a shout out to the Boston Celtics for, I, I don't know how they're doing it, but to come back from that Gordon Hayward injury and rip off nine straight wins is incredible. So it looks like, yeah, and Kyrie's playing well too. And then, like, the young yeah. guys are playing well. I mean, it's just, it is a testament to... Brad Stevens to the coaching staff there to really, I'm sure they had to recalibrate a lot. Like I'm sure preseason training camp, they built a lot around Gordon Hayward and they had to adjust on the fly. And the fact they have is really incredible. So Mm. I see no reason to think that the Boston Celtics are not going to be the number one seed in the East come playoff time. I still think the Wizards probably edge out Milwaukee in terms of record, just because it might take a while for Bledsoe to figure out his niche in Milwaukee, especially now that he's going to be playing off the ball more than he did in Phoenix. Um, but like, I don't know. Are the Cavs going to pull out of this early season tailspin? Or are they going to like, are they going to beat Milwaukee record wise? Toronto, Kyle Lowry has been not great so far this year. Like I don't think <laughs> you're kind. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't have faith in either Toronto or Cleveland right now. So heading into the playoffs, I'm expecting, I think their floor for Milwaukee now is the number four seed, but I'm expecting realistically, right. I think it goes Boston, Washington, uh, Milwaukee, which sets up a hell of a first round matchup between Toronto and Cleveland as a side note. But All right. Hey, but yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't it wouldn't strike me as ridiculous if come June we see Milwaukee in the finals. Like I think this is as you said, Monroe was not doing that much this year. Like in the short term, this is a clear net positive for the Bucks. So, I mean, it's it, it, I just it's hard to believe that they were able to get this trade done without giving up Malcolm Brogdon, because that was, you know, when when the initial Eric Bledsoe request, or <laughs> I don't even know if it, hair salon demand came out, that was kind <laughs> of 
the rumor was that you know the Bucks were one of the teams that were interested, but Phoenix wanted Brogdon. So the fact that the Bucks got this done without including Brogdon is uh, a credit to <laughs> the Bucks front office. Shout out Seth Part now. Um, yeah, yeah. So we need to let's flip to the Phoenix side of things and let's talk about what Phoenix got in exchange. So Monroe, we know. They also got a first-round pick, and I'm just going to read this tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski because they put some crazy protections on there. So if if it's a 2018 pick, if the Bucks finish between 11 and 16 this year. If not, the Suns will get it next year if the Bucks finish between 4 and 16. In 2020, they will get it if the Bucks finish between 8 and 30, and then in 2021, it is unprotected. So, barring a catastrophe in Milwaukee, the earliest that pick is going is 2020, and it's probably going to be a late round pick. But you know, yeah. weird things happen. I guess like who knows? Chris Middleton could leave, and then Giannis could demand a trade, and maybe maybe it turns out to be a really good pick. But you know, just projecting based on the rosters they currently have, it's looking like a late round 2020 pick. Um, they also get the Bucks' 2018 second-round pick if it lands between 48 and 60. Uh, the pick does not carry into 2019, so if the Bucks keep it in 2018, they just keep it forever. The, the Suns only get one first-round pick. It's a fake second-rounder. Well, I mean... Maybe. It, it, I think it's going to convey because the Bucks are going to... You know, theoretically, they're going to be in that 48 to 60 range, but it'll be a late second round pick. Well, that depends. Like, as you said, and as we talked about just before, you know, they might not have the best regular season record. Yeah, that's true. Simply because they're missing people and the West is going to be strong as hell. They are strong as hell. And that that battle is just going to intensify further. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them land just outside of that, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, 48. Then again, that's 12 teams. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I could think it's that. conveying, yeah. but yeah, it's not going to be. I mean, regardless, it's a very low second round pick, wherever it ends yeah. up, like so, somewhere beyond the fifty range. So unless Phoenix right. finds the next Manu Ginobili, you know, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's probably. I was just, just about to say, go find a Slovenian or something, just, <laughs> right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's probably the rights to an international guy who never comes over. Uh, do you think the Suns got enough? For Bledsoe, given the protections no. on those picks. No, no. But, I mean, look, that's been a theme throughout the entire summer, right? Yeah. You know, star players getting moved and the original team not getting enough back. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised. I mean, the, look, this haul was decent. And this is the first time in a while that I've seen an expiring contract have some value. Yeah. So, you know, welcome back value to expiring contracts. I kind of like that because I never thought, I never, you know, thought that that would go away. It's always valuable to have contracts that are expiring if you're going into the season and you want financial flexibility. So, and, and Phoenix looked at Monroe and said, you know what? He's a guy we might be able to buy out now, then he can jump on to someone else, and we're still going to, you know, get the, the cap relief in 2018. We're going to get a first round, even though it's, you know, very protected mm-hmm. and a second rounder so let's just do it and get it over with and okay look i, I can't say right now that it's it beats the paul george trade because victor Oladipo mm-hmm. is playing balls out 
But at the time, at the time, like nobody thought he'd be this good. So let's just get that out of the way immediately. And also that goes for the bonus bonus too. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, everyone was like, including us, we were just like, nope, that's a bad deal. (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) right. And it turned into a good deal. But fact is at that point in time, nobody thought it was a good deal. And this this has similar makeup to it. They didn't get enough, but they got what they came to get: mm-hmm. relief and 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 draft picks, and that's all you need. Yeah, I think that's basically we we when we initially talked about you know after the hair salon demands, we talked about how Phoenix had just pissed away all of its leverage, and every team now knows, especially. With, you know, they held him out for the last couple weeks. Like, they had no leverage. Every team knew that they were going to get rid of him at some point. They, mm-hmm. you know, they said they were in no rush to do it. But you just don't want that lingering over your franchise the entire year until the February trade deadline. So, you figured the sooner they got a offer they deemed acceptable, the better. Uh, it, it really, I mean, it comes down to what that first round pick ends up being and where it what year it ends up conveying whether you know disaster strikes the bucks and it's somehow you know maybe it's possible that you know it doesn't convey until 2021 and then it's unprotected and if again if if Middleton leaves if Giannis forces his way out like it's at least within the realm of possibility that that pick turns out to be really good. Yeah. So I don't want to say Phoenix got completely hosed here, but you know, for Milwaukee to have protected that pick as it did, you know, barring a Greek freak injury, the earliest that pick is conveying is 2020. Uh, it's, it's hard not to like it from Milwaukee's side more than Phoenix's side. As you said, I guess the cap relief helps. Um, you know, maybe next year Phoenix uses some of that space to absorb a bad contract and pick up even more draft picks. Mm. I guess my question now, at least for the short term, do you think Monroe stays in Phoenix all year? Or do they buy him out or try to trade him? Yeah, he could be traded prior to the deadline. Just because he got traded now doesn't mean that he can't get traded in a package at the deadline. So... Mm -hmm. That's an option that they have. I think he's going to get bought out. I, I just think it's professional courtesy at this point. Um, you know, buying him out, let him find somewhere a playoff team to stick to. Question is, who should that be? You know, um, I don't have a team off the top of my head. Maybe the Thunder? That could be interesting. Spurs. Always Spurs. the Spurs. Spurs. Right. right. Or the Celtics. They do need a rebounder. And, I mean, he's a good passer. Like, he would fit well on Brad Stevens' system. He would fit well. So if he took Aaron Baines' minutes... Yeah. I, I wouldn't hate that at all. That would be pretty nice. Or the, or the Cavs just always need additional help. And he's actually Whether not a see. bad defender anymore. Like, he, he was abysmal yeah. when he was in Detroit... But he's gotten, like, average, which is, like, a major upgrade if you're Cleveland. (laughs) Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. But, of course, it's Cleveland because, yeah, if if there's a star name attached to it, why not? Right. 
Yeah, exactly. I I, in, I think the point is there will be a lot of spaces for right. him to go if he if he does end up getting bowed out. But to your point about Giannis uh, potentially wanting out, I heard a podcast with John Horace, the Bucks GM, on the actually Voch's podcast um, some time back, and it sounds like Giannis is just like fiercely loyal. He even mm-hmm. offered to buy the old Bucks practice facility, and he wanted to build I, a yeah, house around it. That. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so, then didn't they say like you could build your own house and then put your own right. practice facility in yeah. there and be a lot cheaper? <laughs> I love yeah. him. I just love yeah. him. It's just so yeah. great. Um, but yeah, I, so so that I don't think that's you know going 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 to happen. Middleton leaving. I guess that's possible. But like, where would he go, really? Because Milwaukee right. is offering can offer money, a starting position, everything. Like, I don't think he needs to go anywhere. Yeah, I'm not saying it's likely to happen. I remember back in the summer, with Milwaukee's uncertainty in the front office, there was some, like, you know, just hey, keep this in mind for three years kind of speculation. I think it was from Woj actually. Um, oh. You know, just saying, like, it, it's still way too early. It was either, it might have been Zach Lowe, too. Um, it, it was just kind of like, just get this on your radar. Like, it's it's still way too early to worry about this. But, but if anything could force this guy to leave, it is front office dysfunction. I, I believe there's some um, brouhaha with, like, ownership. Like, the majority owner can switch hands after this year. And they weren't, you know they weren't sold on um, their replacement for the GM. Like I, I think Justin Zanuck, I want to say his name was, was the, he, he seemed like he would be the GM in waiting and then they passed him over and he left the organization. So there's mm. just like some behind the scenes machinations that we need to at least keep in mind. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Giannis and Middleton and all those guys are going to stay put, especially if they're making moves like this to keep them even more competitive in the short term. Um, but it's it's at least like within the realm of possibility that you know three years down the line, if things fall apart, who knows? But uh, back to Monroe, I, I I just don't know. I guess they would try to buy him out, but isn't Robert Sarver, the son's owner also like notoriously cheap? Yeah. Is, yeah, he is. Is he really so they, gonna... yeah, they might keep him, like, but here's the thing. Like, you have right. Tyson Chandler, you have Dragon Bender, you have Marquise Chris. I mean, <laughs> good Lord. Alex, Alex Len. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So uh, is there a point in keeping him? I guess I should ask. No. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't really yeah. can't really put it any simpler than that. I mean, how is he going to get minutes? And you know, what are you going to do? Like, are, are you going to do what the Knicks considered doing, playing like Dragon Bender at the three, like they considered with Kristaps, like going the old mid nineteen nineties route? Kevin Garnett is a yeah. small forward. Yeah, let's let's put all the picks at the small positions. Like, no, you can't. That that just doesn't work. So. I think he needs to get bought out, or at least if they hang on to him, just do him a solid and trade his ass. And it should be noted yeah. they could theoretically trade him immediately after the trade. He just he just can't be packaged with anyone. If he's traded, right. 
yeah, solely him going out, then he can be traded, mm-hmm. you know, as many times as teams want, basically. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm wondering, I remember, again, I don't remember who reported this. I think it was Woj when he, in his latest update on the Julio Okafor saga, but he someone said, like, basically the Sixers were waiting to see what happened with Bledsoe to see if a destination opened for Okafor. So I'm wondering if maybe Milwaukee wants to send a fake second round pick to the Sixers to get, you know, more backup. Yeah. Uh, for their center spot maybe like monroe winds up in a three-team trade and okafor goes to phoenix and monroe ends up somewhere else and the sixers again get a fake second round pick or something not really sure what what phoenix's grand plan is with monroe but it it does concern me because you know this year in theory for phoenix should be all about the young kids because they're going nowhere um, mm. But instead, they've started Tyson Chandler, who is 35 years old, in each of their first 11 games. So I, if Monroe does stick around, it has me slightly concerned about what that means. I don't really care about Alex Len because they, you know, he's on his qualifying offer. He's very clearly not part of the Suns' future. But Marquise Chris has been struggling to start the year. Dragon Bender yep. has actually been playing well, but now I worry that Monroe is going to get a lot of those backup front court minutes Chris and Bender are going to see a reduction in playing time Len's going to see a reduction in playing time it's basically going to be what the Sixers had a couple years ago where they just had too many big guys all of whom were at least slightly deserving of minutes and that killed all of their value maybe that's what they are trying to do because this is the last year a team has the 25% chance of getting the top Mm -hmm. pick maybe this was just you know, completely intentional. Maybe there even was an offer where they could have gotten maybe Tony Snell instead, or you know, mm-hmm. maybe not Malcolm Procton, but something along those lines. And they just no, hey, you know, Monroe with the expiring contract. That's what we were gonna do, and they knew that internally it would just go, you know, it would just bomb. But that yeah, right. how long? Right. <laughs> I mean. Because they started winning a little bit, that might have made management a little bit nervous. Like, oh, we better screw this up quickly. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, that that's a theory, but I think it's a th- theory that might stick. Because I wouldn't be surprised if that last chance at the 25% is a, is a huge draw for bad teams. Yeah, oh, for sure. And especially, as you said, they actually ended up winning more games early on than I think they even expected. Especially given, you know... The first week of the season, they looked so lifeless. It looked like they had no chance of winning. Then they knock off the Wizards on the road. They beat mm. Utah at home. They were suddenly, you know, they were 4-4 four and four as of last Wednesday. And it was like, oh, crap, are the Suns actually not going to tank? This, this, is, this was the year for them. They were supposed to be right there yep. with Chicago. It was one of the worst teams in the league. And all of a sudden, it started looking good for them. But, yeah, I I, I don't know if, if like, I guess is this reverse tanking, like addition by subtraction tanking? Uh, <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. It's very innovative. They're one step ahead of Sam Hankey at this point. Yeah, I don't know if that was their their play here because it's not like again Bledsoe wasn't playing anyway. But 
Maybe. Who knows? I. It wouldn't surprise me, especially if they wind up buying out Monroe. Then it definitely is. We don't care about this year. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, again, hope hopefully for everyone's sake, they do buy out Monroe. So Monroe can go to a team that's competitive and he can get actual minutes. And then all of Phoenix's young guys can get the minutes they should start playing, especially toward the end of the year. That would be best for all parties. Because it's Phoenix, I'm expecting Monroe to stay there the whole year, siphon minutes from the young guys, just make that team even more unwatchable than it already is. Oh, shit, I think I got it, Brian. What's up? You know, I I think I know the team that Monroe should actually go to, or that would be a candidate. Because it doesn't seem like Draymond is too fond of Sasa. Oh, my God. Oh, aren't they rich enough? And Greg can pass the ball, and he can rebound. He can run to the rim. Oh, my God. You just want to see the first 16-0 postseason, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) But, I mean, come on, that that would work. Yeah. Oh, God. And Lord knows he, he deserves it. He he just got traded yeah. to the fucking Suns, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. They, I guess. <laughs> what Newton law of motion is that? Where <laughs> it's an equal reaction. You go to the worst team yeah. in the league, and then you should. <laughs> the opposite motion is to go to the best team in the league. Yeah, I guess right. that's Why that's not? possible. <laughs> but technically, the Suns aren't the worst team in the league, so he could only settle for the second and third best. So. so the yeah. Spurs, Celtics, Houston Rockets, I guess. That could be a fun one, actually. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Um, all right, before we wrap up, so now Phoenix does not have Bledsoe. They've got Booker in the backcourt. They have Mike James as their starting point guard and Tyler Ulis as their backup point guard. Do you think they can st- <laughs> stay afloat is the wrong word because I think both of us don't expect that they want to actually stay competitive but do you think this is at least a feasible point guard rotation for the rest of the year or do they need to add more help elsewhere mike james can play he can really play Mm -hmm. um he's he's had a few games where he's just been completely on and had a few ones where he was kind of iffy but there's no question the talent is there i wouldn't mind just starting him for the rest of the year going all out with him just to see what you got. I know he's 27, but he deserves a shot in this league, even if it's not going to be with the Suns in a couple of years that he might move on. But, I mean, he's good. He's a good player. He's he's going to help them to some extent, but not help them enough, which is the most important thing going forward. Right. And Tyler Eulis, you know, yeah, you can blame the minutes that are left over just to further his development, I suppose. But I'm not a big mm. believer in Ulysses moving forward. I mean, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's going to have the Isaiah Thomas career that everyone seems to be pinpointing guys who are under six feet. Right, right, yeah. He did play well last year toward the end of the year once they shut an mm. otherwise healthy Bledsoe down. Uh, but, you know, it's hard, as always in March, it's hard to tell what is legitimate and then what is just like, you're playing against teams that have nothing to play for. They don't care, and they're not putting in 100% effort because they're, you know, 
conserving energy for the playoffs or they're also trying to tank. So, yeah, it does seem like they, Mike James has been their starter since the whole Bledsoe thing went down. Uh, Ulysses has been coming off the bench playing slightly fewer minutes. I expect that arrangement moving forward. And then, I, I, again, I, I don't think the Suns care whether they win or lose. I just hope at some point, you know, hopefully this this hot start cools off. They've lost three straight, and they have a relatively up difficult upcoming stretch, save for a game against the Bulls on the 19th. So hopefully by the end of the month, they're way back in the standings. They realize it's time to get the young guys some minutes. You know, I, I really just, I for the love of God, play Dragon Bender as much as you can. Do not waste your time. Mm anymore with Tyson Chandler and Greg Monroe and even Alex Lynn. Just see what you have in Chris Bender, Josh Jackson. You know what you have in Devin Booker. TJ Warren has been playing well. Like, get those guys some young burn. That's the only thing that matters this year, Phoenix. This year is lost. Just don't, like, don't don't waste an already lost year by resorting to veterans and losing by six instead of 20. It doesn't matter. And tell Devin Booger to not score 70 again. <laughs> right. But they still lost. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> they That's score right. 70. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts about this trade, Mort, from either side? I just love it. Basically, for, for Milwaukee specifically. Um, I, you know, Twitter went on a rampage about do they have enough spacing because he's not Bledsoe, that is, not a, a knockdown shooter like you mentioned, J.J. Redick or Kyle Korver, but I don't think that matters much. I think the the driving lanes that he's going to have, just because Giannis is going to force all the attention, and the fact that he could be selective with his shots now is going to change the whole scheme dramatically. The the thing here is, yep. a lot of people look at you know spacing, and that's that's a completely accurate thing to do, but you also have to recognize that when a player is... Uh, alongside a lot of good players who can attract attention, he's going to get easier shots. And whether that's an open mm-hmm. mid-range shot or an open corner three or an open, you know, an open lane to the basket, that's just going to make him more effective and efficient. And that's the end of the game. Like that—that's—that's that's what you need to yeah. do. That's—that's that's the name of it. You know, it doesn't matter if you shoot threes as long as you just have a high true shooting percentage and you help your team further. Uh, to winning because you're efficient. So I'm I'm all in on the Bucks right now. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Uh, Bledsoe is just not going to command as much defensive attention as he did in Phoenix because you have to, I mean, you basically always have to double Greek Freak. You still got Middleton once Parker comes back. He's another 20-point-per-game guy. Like, in Phoenix, you had Devin Booker, and that was it. And Devin Booker didn't even really come on until last year, at which point Bledsoe was already getting benched for being healthy and too good. So, yeah, we haven't seen we haven't seen Bledsoe play with real teammates for a couple of years now, and it, like this yeah. is the first time he's going to go to a team where they don't have 15 point guards on the roster. You know, Brogdon, as you mentioned, can play the two just as easily as he could play the one. Like I, I'm with you. I think this is a, a hell of a trade for the Bucks, regardless of where that first round pick ends up. It, you know, yeah, Bledsoe's got some injury concerns. It's a gamble. It might backfire, but 
I mean, Giannis is like, he's already ready to win now, which is terrifying because he's not even 23 <laughs> yet, but he, he's at that point. So this is, you know, it's, this is a smart move to use Monroe's expiring contract, get something back that lasts. Bledsoe's only under contract for, I believe, this year and next year. But, you know, see what happens. You can engender loyalty with Bledsoe. You've got his bird rights now. Like a a Bledsoe, Middleton, Greek Freak, uh, Jabari, Thonmaker starting five with Brogdon off the bench, John Henson. Like that's a terrifying team moving, Mm. you know, both this year and moving forward. So Milwaukee, like, coming from a Sixers perspective, there is no team in the East I am more scared of. Maybe Boston, but long-term, I think Milwaukee, you know, I'd be surprised if this core doesn't make it to a finals at some point. This year, maybe yeah. not, but, you know, they, they are legitimate championship contenders over the next couple of years, especially if Jabari comes back healthy. Yeah, no, I agree. And to your point about the health issues with Eric Bledsoe, like when you lower your volume and you don't have to do everything, that also lowers your mm. chances or your risk of, of you know getting an True. injury because the less that you have to assert yourself, the fresher you are, the fresher legs that you have. You know, it's it's just the way that it is. And him ha- not having to do everything for Phoenix, where you did have to for a, a short while until Devin Booker came on, that's a huge win for him as well. So I think he's going to stay healthy. Yeah, fingers crossed. We've had enough annoying, awful injuries already. Let's hope everyone else stays healthy for the rest of the year. Bledsoe, who knows, maybe this, this two-week sabbatical he just had was a nice, like, like a bye week at the NFL. He got to rest up. Now his body is recharged. He's ready to go for the rest of the season. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how he fits with this team. So it sounds like we're not going to get our first look at Bledsoe in a Bucks uniform until Friday when they play the Spurs. They're playing the Cavs tonight, Tuesday, but he is not expected to join the team there. So I guess... Sarah, maybe after uh, after Friday night, we'll be able to give us our first in person report on how uh, how the Bucks look with Eric Bledsoe in the roster. Oh, poor girl! If they're gonna win and because of Bledsoe, she's gonna be pissed. <laughs> yeah, that is true. All right, so that will do it for today's episode of the NBA podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find all of our Twitter handles in our bio as well. We are also hosted on iTunes, so check us out there. Please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Until next time, I'm Brian Teporek, and I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I am going to look forward to seeing LeBron and mini LeBron in the same division. Oh, me too. All right, later. 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Clearance. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the progressive box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.